0: The house of Judah so far about him Tarsus us in At this moment he is praying and has seen a vision in a, in a vision a man named Ananias. Come and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his son. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, well, for he is an instrument that I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself have shown how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here. has he said, me so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scale was fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God, the word of the (laughs) Lord.
1: A reading from the Revelation to John. I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures of the elders. They numbered myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive the power and the wealth and the wisdom and the might and the honor and the glory of the Lord. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and on the earth and in the sea and all those in them singing. To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the floor and core of poor living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped the word of the Lord.
2: the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to call it in because there were so many fish that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging a net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net shore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not drawn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples
3: dared to ask him, are you? Because they knew it was the Lord.
2: Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples, after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than me? A because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fashion a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After this, he said to me, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. So, we continue. Today, the third Sunday of Easter, it's Paul and Peter whose stories are told. Paul and Peter, each in his turn, seeing the risen Lord after the resurrection. In the first, uh, in, in the account for Acts about Paul, you see that iconic moment when Paul is converted to been a very effective church and theologian who approached Jesus, and then after his conversion, he turned all of his skill and all of his energy, which was so considerable, to serving the cause of Jesus, and to articulate some of the most sublime theology that's ever been written. So that's Paul. And in the reading we just heard now, here's called. And like Paul, his life changes utterly. Like Paul, he was someone with a calling before the resurrection. And he turns all of his energy and skill to serve the Lord after the resurrection. If we had time, and I think I took a little bit too much time at thought, we could look deeply at both of their stories. But well, I have to remember that preachers have to be disciplined. It's a sermon, not a seminar, right? So, um, let me just invite you to turn with me and uh, take a look at the sea and the fishery, the world of Peter. John's Gospel vividly draws our attention to the physical and natural details of Peter's world. The interplay of nighttime, daybreak, and daylight in the fisherman's work. The the luminous daybreak over the essential sea that sourced so much uh, of the local population's food. And it's comforting, grassy shoreline. You can almost hear the crackling charcoal fire where Jesus. the beach where he serves the hungry fishermen the breakfast of red and crisp fish. I was so taken by these details, which are set out as part of John's literary spiritual purpose, that I went hunting on the internet for some cool background information about the Sea of Galilee, or Tuggerians, and the men who worked it. so if you don't mind, I'd like to share share with you a few elements of that
3: uh, background information. This may be of particular interest to foodies, or Mm fisher
2: people, or people who love to travel around in boats on lakes. I think I've got you all. Uh, So, the Sea of Tiberias, also known as the Sea of Galilee, today in Israel known as Lake Kinneret, is really big. 33 miles around, 18 miles long, 8 miles wide. It's big. It's a fresh water lake. It's fed, it's fed by the Jordan River from the north and by fresh springs from down below. And then the Jordan River continues out, uh, towards the south. Since biblical times, the Sea of Tiberias has been an important food source for the surrounding population and beyond. The fishing industry flourished in the time of Jesus under the ruling Tetrarchs, Herod and Philip, sons of King Herod. They made big investments in the industry and provided a stable political environment for it to grow. The ancient Jewish historian Josephus states that there were more than 230 fishing boats working on the sea during that period. That's a lot of boats. The apostles Peter and Paul and their cousins were part of this robust history. Peter owned his own road, and he also owned a house in the city of Capernaum, an extraordinary accomplishment in a land dominated by the 1%, by large estates and of laborers. was by Jesus and his disciples at the Passover. Fish, however, was the most important source of protein for Jesus and his followers, fish. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus asks, Which one of you would hand your son a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asks for fish? When the disciples followed Jesus into the desert, they carried bread and fish, according to Mark. When Jesus provided food for the multitude, what was it? Longs and fishes, according to John. So, the fishing industry around Tiberias in Jesus' day was highly profitable. But it was strenuous work and it an needed major organizations. In deep water fishing. The lake was over deep. Um, two or three boats would work together to set up a net between them and chase the fish into the net. And this would be done seven or eight times during the night. And by morning, those fishermen could bring in as much as half a ton of fish. In the busy season, according to Mark, they hired day the laborers. But Peter and his partners kept their own schedule. Peter and his friends were free to start fishing when they wanted to and stop work when they wanted to. So, in a nutshell, they were more than simple fisher folk. They were independent, prosperous, organized, industrious, Good. Just the kind of people who want for a best <laughs> All of this, I offer, to illustrate that Jesus' appearance by the Sea of Galilee, by the Sea of Tiberius, as John says, did not happen in a dream world. He showed up in a practical work world. I suspect John focuses the real one because he couldn't be more clear that Jesus' meaning and intention is not reserved for an afterlife, but rather in the here and the now, in all its complexity. Look for Jesus in the light of the world. Behind everything. Underneath and within everything, God is imminent and incarnate. God abides in us and we abide in God. Peter and his partners, James and John, along with the disciples, Thomas and Nathaniel, and two other non disciples, are together as the evening falls.
0: They have already
2: seen the risen Lord, yes. But they still had to put food on the table. Peter, owner of the boat and that nice house Ernie, the of Fernand, announces his going fishing and every spell with Maybe there was a cold moon that night, and the fish could see the nests that were made of linen and the flats. And under them, they caught nothing. Daybreak comes a fiery sun rises over that great lake. Imagine the light. gradually makes the cold people fade. Not far from shore in their flat bottom boat, they hear a man call out to them, addressing them as statements, using a colonial term translated here, children, other places, friends, still other places, boys, where is to ago, boys, what are you doing here? Catch anything, friends? Asks Jesus, nothing. Somebody answers, cast your net to the right side, he tells them. And with that, John recognizes Jesus and says so out loud. Hearing him, Peter does not hesitate. He throws on his clothes, jumps into the shallows, and runs to Jesus know the rest. They drag in the large hall, 153 large fish. And Jesus makes them breakfast over the trunk of Serves the bread and fish. And in their eyes, there is again that thing that he does. Like the feeding of the five after eating. They the shoving on the mound the miracle of water to wine and cana, the offer of living water that never gets run With Jesus, everyone has food and drink. Everyone has enough. Breakfast over. Jesus addresses Peter three times. Do you love me more than these? Yes. Peter answers, yes, yes. This sometimes unsteady possible, who three times I deny even knowing Jesus after his arrest, is given the chance to reconcile. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my friends." In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from my shall break away Peter's original call is renewed and invested with the character of generous compassion and a sense of abundance. Tend and feed the people in imitation of the Lord. So Peter will lead fishing and devote the remainder of his life to leading the nascent Christian community with his heart and And strength all right after him, best he can. He would lead the first generation of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem and travel to the other churches developing in the region. So, like Paul, we see here today, founder of the Christian church. By the way, he would always remain silent here. As you'll hear, in needs to come from out as he had occasionally misunderstood and wavered during Jesus' lifetime, so he will occasionally again. Peter will face, and occasionally cause, struggles and controversy in the community. And as the tradition holds, he will, at the end of his life, be martyred. That's the reference of Jesus' final comment to God being taken away in our want to go. For Peter, following Jesus will mean living and dying like his Lord. Nevertheless, this self-employed, independent, commercial fisherman emerges as the leader of the primitive Jesus movement. This guy's loyalty and initiative and forceful character will serve his community well. On this rock, the church was founded. So, let's keep the peace. In John's Gospel, on the last supper, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Unlike the other Gospel writers, John does not highlight the institution of the Holy Eucharist on that night. Not because he doesn't highly prize the Holy Eucharist. But because he sees Jesus' whole life and ministry as Eucharistic, washing the disciples' feet was another sacramental act to teach about self-giving from your substance. Jesus' generosity is the pattern that we seek to emulate, sharing from our abundance with the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger. The newcomer the troubled the outsider. That's the question. Not just thoughts and prayers, but completely real and in the dreams. Jesus turned water to water, all the good water, And by extension, us, feed my sheep, tend my lambs. It is an invitation to us, personally, communally, socially, and politically, to let go of grasping and greed, so that the good things may be shared with those who also need them. The good things. An invitation to gather around in this has that reverberation throughout our entire lives. That's good personal practice, essential domestic practice, and redemptive social and political practice. Jesus teaches in the Gospel of John, by everything he does, by his words, about what is written there as koinonia, the Greek word for communion. That he elaborates as mutual indwelling, a fancy name for sharing together in life in wholesome, free, generative ways, sometimes tagged as a happy love. It really is a revolutionary concept, the seed, in fact, of labor political understanding, of economic and social commonwealth. With the common good as the point of political life. That kind of conception has run out of the original idea of koinonia, shared wealth and common. So we do well to practice koinonia with the invitation, for it offers redress and remedy for the current political narratives. And that's what we do here. When we come together, what we practice here, we can bring to the world. Because we share the Eucharistic meal, one bread, one cup, we become one body, Christ's body in the world, the real world. Receive this food with my good Jesus. Saying. Again, turn, share the food with others. You know, if Peter could do it, we can too. Feed my hair. i I'm to start Almighty God have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins.
1: our rector John passed away early this week on Wednesday morning after a long battle of Parkinson's disease. Funeral services will be held at St. Thomas' Episcopal Church outside Baltimore, which was their home church next Saturday. Nancy, our rector, will be traveling to Baltimore early this week so prayers and cards are welcome as expressions of sympathy. You can find the full obituary on the website of the Concord Funeral Home, who have been handling the arrangements on this end. Please keep the hang of you, and especially Nancy, in the prayers, as Nancy will be the celebrant at the father's speaking the and she will be
0: back
3: at the office on Monday, May 13th. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Sally Myers, and I'm here to remind everyone about the bill of the bed
2: that will take place here on Saturday, May 18th from 11 to 2. There are sign-up sheets in the parish hall to right now, what we really need are a billion or so, and we, it doesn't require skill, it just requires coming and um, being willing to
3: take instruction. But it
2: would be great to have you, it's going to be a lot of fun, so I look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Good morning, I'm Patty Eckelberg, and it gives me great pleasure to invite you to the Concord Women's Chorus Concert. Here at Trinity, next Saturday, May 11th, we will be singing works by Ralph Williams and contemporary composers both Dello and Kim Andre Arnison, among others. The concert will also feature a special collaboration with the Advanced Choir of the Carl School and and directed by Valerie Dumfries. So we'd love to see you there.
1: Stone, asking you to save the date for Trinity Cookout, which is two weeks from tomorrow, Monday evening, May 20th, from 5.30 to 8.00 p.m. The event is sponsored uh, by the Bishop Paddock Cornerstone Society, a group of more than 100 Trinity parishioners who have committed to remembering uh, Trinity in their statement. Uh, this is not a fundraising event. It's
3: Handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ
2: took bread. And when he gave thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when in give thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, and with him, and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ. Hallelujah. Christ God has one for second.